Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. May we begin thinking of some of the most precious words known to man from Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning with verse 28. When Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What wonderful words from Jesus Christ, words applicable then, and words that are applicable today. Dear friends, we need rest. We need to be comforted. We need to know the Christ. And today, we're going to talk about a time in the life of Christ when it was observed that never man spoke like this man. First, a thank you to our Jay Webb. Jay does such a wonderful job with our broadcast. You'll hear from Jay a little bit later as he'll tell you about our International Gospel Hour app for your smartphone. We're going to talk about the Victory in Jesus study booklet that we make absolutely free, as well as some insight and some information about our website at internationalgospelhour.com. So you'll hear Jay throughout our broadcast tell you about those things. We appreciate you, our listeners. We're thankful for the kind requests we receive for study material, the comments that come our way. We're grateful for the radio stations and the podcast platforms and all of the options that are made available through the open doors that our Lord grants. He told the church in the book of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, specifically the church at Philadelphia, that he had set before them an open door. And we're thankful for the open doors the Lord places before us to bring the broadcast from International Gospel Hour. With that being said, again, thank you for tuning in. And let's talk about the teachings of Christ. They were most unique. And today we want to consider a statement from the seventh chapter of the book of John, a statement made by the officers sent by the Pharisees to arrest Christ. When the officers returned without Christ, well, they were questioned in their reply, Never man spoke like this man. We want to consider that thought as our study today, and we're going to do so with a very special guest, if you will. But first, let's get those smartphones ready, and our J-Web will tell you about the International Gospel Hour app you can download absolutely free. The International Gospel Hour app is available for your iPhone or Android. Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android. Search International Gospel Hour and download our app absolutely free. You can have access to our website, social media, podcasts, our YouTube channel, and other resources, all by the touch of your finger in the palm of your hand. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. Our special guest today, well... Through his transcripts of lessons that he prepared and delivered over the years here at International Gospel Hour, we're blessed to have those on file as part of our history and of record. 
And today, let's study a lesson from the late Winford Claiborne. From 1995 to 2014, Brother Winford was the voice of the International Gospel Hour. I still receive wonderful comments about Winford to this very day in my travels for International Gospel Hour. Winford was a personal friend and brother. I love Winford, love his family, and grateful for the honor to deliver a lesson from Brother Winford as we consider a subject titled, Never Man Spoke Like This Man. The Old Testament provides wonderful insight into the nature of the coming Messiah. Isaiah, the great Messianic prophet, predicted, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace." Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. The King James Version separates the words wonderful and counselor. In other words, Jesus will be wonderful and a counselor. The English Standard Version joins the two words. Jesus will be a wonderful counselor. Please notice also what Isaiah predicted concerning the Messiah. He will be the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. All of these titles find their fulfillment in the teaching and in the work Jesus did while He was on earth. The New Testament provides a number of descriptive titles of our Lord. When the angel of the Lord announced to Joseph that Mary was with child by the Holy Spirit, He said, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1, 21. The Samaritan woman at Jacob's well said to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Is that not also what the author of Hebrews had in mind? God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. The Samaritan woman also said to Jesus, I know that the Messiah comes, who is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus says unto her, I who speak unto you am he. John four twenty five and 26. In his conversation with some Pharisees, Jesus shocked them by claiming, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am, John 8:58. The Jews had no difficulty understanding what Jesus meant. The expression, I am, shows that he was affirming his deity. That is the reason they took stones to cast at him, John 8:59. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he asked them if they understood what he had done. He then said to them, You call me Master and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. John 13, 13. Most Bible students are familiar with all these titles and others as applied to Christ, Savior, Lord, and Messiah. But how many of us think in terms of His being the teacher? The Greek word translated Master in John 13, 13 is the word Teacher. The Greek word translated teacher in reference to Christ appears a number of times in the New Testament. I shall give you a few examples. Jesus told the twelve as he sent them forth to preach, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. 
It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. Matthew 10, 24 and 25. Nicodemus said to our Lord, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. John 3, verse 2. The book of John records a number of conflicts between Jesus and his enemies. On one occasion, some of his enemies would have taken hold of him, but apparently they were afraid to do so. There was confusion over who Jesus was. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Have not the Scriptures said, That Christ comes of the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? Please notice what the officers confessed. Never man spoke like this man. John seven forty through 46 Verse 46 will serve as the basis for our lesson today, Never man spoke like this man. What did Jesus say that inspired men, and not just these officers, to conclude, Never man spoke like this man? I am not affirming that these officers had heard many of our Lord's teachings. We do not know how much they had heard. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John give us powerful examples of our Lord's teaching during His personal ministry. I shall begin with our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. Christ's Beatitudes include, Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, 10-12 It is unlikely that the Jewish people had ever heard that kind of teaching. After all, who wants to be persecuted for any reason? But Jesus knew that those who were faithful to God Almighty would be persecuted. He wanted His disciples to understand the significance of living for God, regardless of the difficulties involved. Christ said to His disciples, You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say you, love your enemies. Bless them who curse you and do good to them who hate you and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love them who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5, 43-48 In the ancient Roman Empire, who would have thought of loving one's enemies? Who would think of it in modern times? But if we love our enemies, might they not become our friends? Do you remember what Paul told the Roman Christians? Therefore, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans twelve twenty and 21. The best known passage in the Sermon on the Mount is what we call the Golden Rule. 
Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets, Matthew 7, verse 12. Dr. Jack Lewis, one of my graduate professors, has written a commentary on the gospel according to Matthew. Dr. Lewis says concerning the golden rule, A multitude of Gentiles, Isocrates, Plato, Aristotle, and Confucius, and Jewish teachers admonished men in comparable terms to the golden rule. What you hate, do not do to anyone. Hillel, the grandfather of Gamaliel, summarized, What is hateful to you shall you not do to your neighbor. This is the whole law. The rest is commentary. Before the influence of Jesus, the idea is always stated negatively. Again, that is Jack Lewis, The Gospel According to Matthew, Volume 1, pages 112-113. through Our Lord wanted His disciples to act positively toward all men. One of the most controversial declarations of Christ pertains to family. He told His disciples, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 34-37 These words seem almost blasphemous, but they show where our priorities must be. We must love the Lord God with all our heart and soul and mind, and our neighbors as ourselves. Matthew 22:37-40. If we do not put God first in our lives, our lives on earth will be worse than meaningless. Children in the ancient world were not valued as highly as they are among Christians. In fact, children born handicapped or who were simply not wanted were taken out into the fields and forest to die. Exposing children was very common in the ancient Roman Empire. Christians often found those children and made them their own. On one occasion, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. Matthew 18, 1-5 No philosopher, no teacher, and no theologian has ever done so much to show the value of children as our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians all over the world must love children and provide for their welfare. How can we claim to be Christians and fail to do that? Divorce was easy in the Roman Empire. In fact, some Roman women had been married as many as 30 times more than Liz Taylor. Divorce was relatively easy among some segments of the Jewish population. Rabbi Hillel believed and taught that a man could divorce his wife for just about any reason. The Pharisees asked Jesus about divorce and remarriage. He asked them, Have you not read? that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh? Wherefore they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. 
And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for sexual immorality, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whoso marries her who is put away, commits adultery. Matthew 19, 4-9 There are very few religious groups in the United States who have any respect for what Jesus said about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. They seem to think they know more about God's will about marriage, divorce, and remarriage than Jesus knew. No wonder there is so much confusion in our country about marriage. How desperately we must preach and practice what Jesus taught. Unfortunately, if preachers teach what Jesus taught, many of them will be fired. If you think that this is an exaggeration, you are not keeping up with what is occurring. Can you imagine what would happen to a preacher if he were to say to his audience, You blind guides who strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. You blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Matthew twenty-three twenty-four through 26 And how would these words go over from a modern pulpit? You serpents! You generation of vipers! How can you escape the damnation of hell? Matthew twenty-three thirty-three. But modern people do not need that kind of preaching, do they? Are you aware of what goes on in some modern churches and among devoutly religious people? In my opinion, one of the most remarkable statements our Lord ever made, He made while He was hanging on the cross. He looked down on the people who had crucified Him and prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke twenty three thirty four. Can you imagine the great love our Lord has for fallen men that enabled Him to pray to God Almighty for the forgiveness of those who crucified Him? I have to admit I do not understand that kind of love. The natural temptation for human beings is to strike back. But as one of our Christian hymns says, He could have called ten thousand angels to destroy the world and set Him free. He could have called ten thousand angels but He died alone for you and me. I am not sure we shall understand such love even when we stand in the presence of God Almighty. If the Jewish officers could have heard Christ's utterance on the cross, they would surely have known that no man spoke, ever spoke, like this man. There are many other teachings I would like to examine if time permitted, but I want to ask you some questions concerning what Christ said on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not of what they do. When did God forgive them for crucifying His Son, or did He ever forgive them? Since Jesus prayed for those who crucified Him, surely God forgave them at that moment. If God forgave them when Jesus prayed for them, why were they still guilty on the day of Pentecost? Peter explained what the crucifixion meant. Beginning in Acts 2, verse 23, him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held of death. For David speaks concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in Hades, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. 
Thou shalt make me full of the joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his grave is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. For David has not ascended into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I made your foes your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Acts 2, 23-36 Please remember that some of the people who were present on the day of Pentecost were involved in our Lord's crucifixion. When they heard Peter's sermon, they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Were they asking what they had to do to be forgiven? You know that is exactly what they wanted to know. They realized they had crucified their own Messiah. They had every reason to believe they would be lost if they were not forgiven. By the guidance of the God's Holy Spirit, the apostle Peter responded, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation, Acts 2, 38-40. What did the Jews want to know? They wanted to know how to be forgiven for having crucified Christ. Have you noticed that Peter did not tell the Jews to believe? They already believed, or they would not have asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It takes considerable effort not to understand Peter's command to the Jews. Peter said as plainly as words can be uttered, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. How did the Jews understand Peter's command? Then they who gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Acts 2, verse 41. Did the Jews understand that repentance and baptism were essential for them to be forgiven? If the Jews understood Peter's command, why cannot modern people? What a wonderful lesson from Brother Claiborne. And his questions at the end are so true. Did the Jews understand that repentance and baptism were essential for them to be forgiven? Well, yes, they did, because that's how they responded. And if the Jews understood Peter's command, why cannot modern people? It's very easy to understand, dear friends. And with that being said, let's pause here. Let's continue these thoughts as we present to you a wonderful study booklet titled, Victory in Jesus. Those who were obedient on the day of Pentecost gained a victory in Jesus. Dear friends, do you need to study more? Do you need to look at these matters of which we have brought forth? Here is our J-Web with our free study offer of Victory in Jesus.
We are so thankful for you, our listeners, and your desire to know more about Christ. Our free study offer on this program is Victory in Jesus, a wonderful study booklet. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Victory Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. Please leave your name, address, and just say, Victory Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Victory Study in the message box. We appreciate our listeners and your interest in the things of Christ. And now, let's return to Jeff and our study. Indeed, dear friends, never man spoke like Jesus Christ. How thankful we are to open the Bible and to see His words and His teachings. A most thorough and a most wonderful job by our brother Winford Claiborne. How thankful we are for His memory as we honor Him today with the broadcast we have brought forth. We appreciate your interest in our study materials and everything, and we have one more thing for you. We'd like for you to check out our website at internationalgospelhour.com, and here's our Jay Webb with a few more details. Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Please check it out and listen to our other broadcasts. Learn more of our history. Download our app. Request our free newsletter and free Bible study. Also, check out our free resources available from our fellow laborers in the gospel. Yes, friends, all for you through our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Let's continue today's study. When they heard the preaching of Christ on Pentecost, they repented, they were baptized for the remission of sins based upon their faith and their confession of faith in Christ. Dear friends, you can do that same today to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ through simple faith, repentance of sins, confession of Christ, and baptism into Christ for the remission of sins and to begin a faithful walk. Let's study these things thoroughly another time, shall we? Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie, and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh,